there. Thanks for joining me for episode 11 of the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. We had friends over today who have the most adorable, beautiful three-month-old newborn, and it's their first child. And as I'm just watching these two young parents doing such a fantastic job and being so attentive to this baby's needs and yet so obviously longing to do the absolute best job that they can as this sweet little girl's mom and dad. It really got me thinking a lot about parenting and of course revisiting the last 24 years of my life parenting our four daughters. And it made me realize that today I wanted to sit down and record this podcast, basically summing up four questions that I feel every parent should be asking themselves. Welcome to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Visser. Because most of us are longing to simplify things in the crazy, busy, loud clutter of life, I'm here to be your encouragement mentor, to remind you that while simple living is not synonymous with easy, it is something you can slowly ease yourself into, and it is definitely worth the effort. So let's do this together. First of all, I have to say that I remember being absolutely exhausted For pretty much two decades of my life, I mean, you know, exhausted when they're infants for very obvious reasons, exhausted when they're toddlers, again, for obvious reasons, and exhausted when they reach middle school. I think at that point, my exhaustion became more related to my concerns as a mom. Was I doing everything I could to help them? mold themselves into the best person they could be? Was I helping them discover their gifts and talents and abilities? And then as they reach the teenages, ah, just the exhaustion over more worry about a whole different level of things. Um, On the other hand, I have to, I really should say that all of those stages were so fun too. But if you're a mom of a newborn or an younger, you know, older infant, not newborn, but an infant or a toddler or a middle schooler or a teen, any of those ages, I just want to first of all assure you that I do remember the sheer exhaustion of it all. It is a very hard, overwhelming job being a parent. So anyway, I told you I would share four questions with you and that's the focus of this podcast. Four things that I really feel every parent needs to ask themselves. Now, mind you, there's a whole lot of other things I'm not even going to get into. And each of these topics I am going to get into, I could go a whole lot deeper and I probably will in other episodes about certain things. But as an overview, the first four things that come to mind um, as I look back over the last two dozen years that I've done my darndest and failed completely and yet overwhelmingly seen the blessings of the hard work of being a parent. So I should say, I am not going to even pretend that I have 
even a tiny little corner on the market of successful parenting. I've always made it clear to my girls and to my readers, anyone who goes to my blog or listens to my podcast, if you haven't yet listened to the very first podcast, that episode, I'm just pretty blunt about the whole thing. (laughs) But I'm a failure, guys. I I know it. Um, And yet, by God's grace, I, through so many failures, have learned so much. And I keep on working at all these areas that I need to be working at. And I absolutely have seen wonderful, beautiful results of not only my failures, but of my hard work at making up for those failures. Um, So I have thought a lot about this recently. And the first thing that I would say, it's really important for a parent to be asking, is do you nurture a relationship with your child? I'm not even sure I should record this fact, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. One daughter didn't do math for, it might have been an entire year. It was quite a while of homeschool, high school. It was the same daughter who didn't want to learn to read at the age that I wanted her to start learning to read. So we set reading lessons aside and we tried again many months later. Still wasn't the right time. She still was just butting heads over it and just hating it. The sweet little girl who I knew was brilliant. I knew her mind was ready for this, but she didn't feel she was for whatever reason. So I put it aside again. I did this three times until her and I stopped butting heads over it and she was ready. Um, she's, she's now a Dean's List student in her final year of college. And trust me, she reads amazingly well. And trust me, she understands math wonderfully in case you're wondering, but, but you see when I wanted her to start her reading program was early. It was early for anyone. Um, but it was definitely early for her. I was just basing it on the fact that I knew she was ready. She just didn't know she was ready. And I was comparing her to her older sister who had started the program at this age. Um, but those early reading lessons, I realized it wasn't important that they be so early. And I also realized that that high school math issue that she just was just hitting her head against the wall over, it just needed a little bit of time to settle, to just sit, to just go on the back burner until she was ready to see it with a fresh mind. And she was able to catch up in no time when she was ready. Um, Now, I should say that I wouldn't recommend this for every child. And you definitely need to know your child very well if you do homeschool a high schooler. Um, A whole different topic there, a whole lot of other issues. But I can tell you for her, in this particular situation, I knew it was okay for her to take a slight hiatus from this particular subject. But most importantly, the reason I'm even sharing this with you at all is because I realized it was more important 
back when she was the toddler not wanting to read or the high schooler having this problem in a certain subject, I realized it was more important to me to let her take a break and revisit the ideas later than the possibility of losing a relationship with my child. And with this particular child, I did know that it would bruise or deeply scar our relationship if I forced something on her when it didn't need to be and when she wasn't ready for it. So I battled her throughout many life lessons and some I can tell you right now, I would never in a million years for one second have backed down from standing firm of what she was allowed and not allowed to do. Like those ones that kept her safe and those life lessons that helped her value life and helped her value purity. But math and reading, as important as they were, I knew they were gonna happen. I knew she was going to read and I knew she was going to finish her high school math. I chose to not battle her over exactly when they would happen during those two small windows in her life when I knew those battles would make me ferociously angry and possibly mean that this headstrong girl would build a relational wall between us. Because the wall that she would have built in her frustration would have been very hard for me to scale when it was time to fight the more important battles on her behalf. Don't get me wrong. I was not a lax homeschool mom. Unschooling, I know some people do something called unschooling. It was never my cup of tea and I was not lax about the education of my daughters. Um, She knew her entire life that I set academic standards and I would do all that I could to help her reach those standards. So I knew that a few mini hiatuses would be just fine. It turned out, little did I know, she had some major life battles ahead of her. And looking back, I can't tell you how thankful I am that I maintained the relationship with her that would definitely be needed further down the road. So that was question number one. Do you nurture a relationship with your child? Question number two, do you admit your mistakes to your child? Throughout two decades of being the one in charge of all four of my daughter's education, I realized that they learn best when the teacher is learning and enjoying the learning process right there beside them. I think it's the same with learning life lessons. When we mess up, particularly in a parenting decision, I feel like we should be transparent and we should explain to our child on whatever level they're ready for, right? If they're a toddler, they are not ready for the way I would explain it to a middle schooler. But whatever level they're on, I've always felt that I should explain to them, you know what, mom messed up. I've always felt it's not only me who should learn the tough life lesson from that mistake I made, but why not help my children learn too? 
They've learned so much over the years through the eyes of a very imperfect mom who is leaning basically guys on an all powerful God. And they have seen my humble gratefulness when I see fresh every day, the blessing of parenting my sweet children, even though they are children with warts and bad attitude and messes in their life and on their hands. (laughs) Um, So number three question, do you help your child uncover their interests and their talents? I struggled with this one for at least the first decade of parenting my daughters. When they were young, there were so many possibilities ahead of them and they hadn't yet developed any true talent, you know, and I didn't really know what to do because I knew I had this desire to uncover what their specific interests and talents were. Because I firmly believe that each of us are created with very specific abilities. And I knew when they were young, I, I, I couldn't determine what that was. And I have definitely seen them each as they mature, develop their own very specific areas of interest. Even some things, you know, where they all went in together and they loved this thing, whatever it was. They each very individually, very independently had specific um, abilities in either that thing they all liked together or those certain things they wanted to do independently. So when they were young, I worried about how do I figure out what these things are because I really wanted to nurture those God-given abilities. So when they were adults, they were ready to like hit the world running with all this greatness they could help others with because they had this talent and they spent the last 10 or 15 years of their life nurturing it and bettering it so that they were the best adult they could be. So what did I do when they were young? Well, one thing was I really helped them journal about what they were grateful for. I mainly did this not just to, you know, be able to really focus on what they were interested in through their journaling, but I I really did it because I have struggled with always being grateful. I've struggled with the fact that thankfulness is not my natural reaction to many circumstances. And I wanted it to be more natural for them. So we often did this thing called uh, thankful journaling or grateful journaling or whatever you want to call it, but writing down things that stuck out to us in that day that we were thankful for. It could be really, really simple things. In fact, I think the simpler, the better. We had this journal that we kept by the table and I tried when I remembered it over lunchtime or sometime during the day to just grab it and ask them, it was different daughter's turns on any given day, ask that particular daughter, what's something happened today that you're thankful for? Or can you look out the window today and see something you're thankful for? Or is there something here in this room that you look at it and you go, oh, I'm really glad I had that. And I would just write down sometimes even just a fragment 
with their name beside it of whatever it was that they realized, oh, I'm thankful for that. But much more importantly, I followed along with each daughter on any interest that they realized that they were starting to develop. Now, I'm not talking about all the rabbit trails because heaven knows, we all know that every kid, heck, every adult, right, has rabbit trails. Little things that you think, oh, that's what I want to do. And then you realize that really was not what you wanted to do and not the way you want to invest your time. Um, but I learned to discern with the da- my daughters as they got older, what was a genuine interest, not a rabbit trail. And when I saw a genuine interest, then I would invest time in them working elbow to elbow on those interests. For an example, when my oldest daughter spent hours upon hours, weeks on end, twisting little paper clips and adding beads in different colors and different orders and then twisting them all together to make jewelry, like she made necklaces and bracelets. I realized this was something that was really an interest to her. So I went to the library with her and I helped her check out every book we could find. And we went to many different libraries in our state looking for any book that would somehow relate to jewelry design, jewelry creation, beads, everything you could think of. Scoured the libraries in our entire county, I think. And I helped her also clip coupons. And I helped her figure out little small ways to earn $5 here and there so she could buy supplies to do more of this creation. And I made jewelry with her. It's funny, today I will go to her asking for her thoughts on a design. Sometimes it's something on the computer. I'm designing an image for my blog and I'll shoot her a text with the image and I'll say, what do you think about these colors? Or what do you think about this? And she'll be like, well, mom, I'd change this font or I'd switch this to a darker green or, you know, whatever. She has this amazing design ability. It's just, it's just intuitive to her. And what makes me laugh is when I remember the times, the days and days of sitting on her floor in her room with her and her being so insecure and looking to me and going, mom, do these colors look right? Mom, should it be this order or should I do that order? And I remember just talking it through with her and explaining to her why that order didn't quite look right to my eye and what if she did this or that, you know? And now to think that she's the one that I'm going to, right? So things got really cool for this daughter when I was actually at a museum of all places, a local museum in their little gift shop, and I was wearing a necklace and a bracelet she had made for me. She had advanced beyond the paper clips and it was like this really gorgeous, made with silver wire and these really gorgeous rocks, stones that she had found. Anyway, I'm wearing that and the lady behind the counter starts complimenting my jewelry and talking to me about it. And of course, you know, any proud mom, I'm telling her how my daughter had made this. And she's like, are you kidding? How old's your daughter? And I explained and she said, well, I I would love to meet her. And so Logan comes over and long story short, within a few weeks, Logan and I are sitting in this lady who is the manager of the gift store, sitting in her 
Authis, Logan has made something like 40 custom designed jewelry pieces and she is turning them in to this manager in exchange for something like, I don't even remember, $400, $500 um, for her jewelry because the lady was going to be selling it in her store. And that was just the first of many sources that Logan had for selling her beautiful jewelry. What a cool experience that was for that young, somewhat insecure 12 year old girl who suddenly realized that not only did she have an actual talent at something she was truly interested in, but realized that this talent was useful and productive and it's just a fantastic experience for Logan. So interesting enough, she no longer is selling jewelry, but she went on to use those fine motor skills and that unique design ability that she was nurturing back at that age of 12. She went on to use it to now be a successful engineer. So Logan's story is just one of quite a few. I'm sure I'll share more with you in the future um, because it's really something that I'm quite passionate about. But that's just one example of entrepreneurship that I encouraged in my daughters because I felt like entrepreneurship was one way to really deeply uncover a child's interests and encourage those talents. So let's see. The first three questions have been, do you nurture a relationship with your child? Do you admit your mistakes to your child? And do you help your child uncover interests and talents that are unique to him or her? The final question that I think every parent should be asking themselves is, does your child see the way, I'm sorry, does your child see you the way you want them to? To your child, are you like their person? You know, that one that they would go to when they really need to talk. Are you the one that they see as who they want to end the day with? Are you the one that they receive unconditional love from? Mind you, love often does involve discipline and children know that. Trust me, they know discipline and a loving parent go hand in hand. So I'm not saying they don't expect you to discipline their wrongdoings, but do they know no matter what you unconditionally love them or Are you the one that they see directing and controlling their life in a rigid way because you're one to be feared more than loved and trusted? Again, just to be clear, as their parent, you absolutely should be controlling the important details of their young lives. Now, as they reach the teen years, hopefully, you have been controlling those important details and directing their ways of looking at things, their ways of reacting to things, so that by the time they reach the teen years, um, they are a disciplined, considerate young adult. And once they reach the teen years, 
then the hope is you don't need to be as controlling because they are a child who you can trust. And they are a child who is longing to respond to situations in a way that is honoring to to God, to themselves, to others. Um, Again, I'm getting sidetracked and that's kind of a whole nother topic, but what I was going to say is to be clear, you, you should be controlling details of your child's life, but as they get older, hopefully you can loosen that control because they have earned your trust. And no matter what they are age, they are, do they see you as even though you are controlling certain aspects Do they see you as doing that out of love or do they just think you're a control freak? If you're afraid, it might be more of the later and not enough of the unconditional love part, then it might be time to work on changing that attitude, seeing where it is that you're trying to control just because you want to be the one directing the ship and calling the shots, but instead try to be more of one who is directing and controlling because you are so much loving them and wanting to nurture and direct them in the best way possible. So there you have it. That is my two cents or four cents or whatever. I know that it is far from all-compassing. I know I'm forgetting tons of questions that you could be asking as a parent, but those are the ones um, that I'm really thinking about today. And as I see my sweet friends and spent time with them today and just, just looked at that beautiful baby and thought about how quickly that sweet, beautiful little girl, she's three months old now, before you know it, she's going to be a 25-year-old out in the world, hopefully changing things for the better because her parents have lost so much sleep and have cried so many tears and have asked so many times for her to forgive them for their failures um, and just ask themselves again and again these things that I'm talking about today simply because they love her dearly, they take their job very seriously, and they want nothing more than for her to be the absolute best adult that she can be. So there you have it. Um, I hope it wasn't too much rambling and I, I hope that it gave you a little bit of food for thought. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed it, you were encouraged, you found it useful in any way at all, please hit the follow button so that you get a notice for future episodes. And I would appreciate it truly more than you understand if you would drop a very quick review on your favorite podcast player so that others can actually maybe find this little podcast and I can encourage a few other people in some simple way today. I know that usually we're talking more about simple living choices, um, but I really feel like parenting is such an innate part of so many people's lives. And in some ways it's 
It's simpler than it seems, but yet it's also the hardest thing we will ever do. <laughs> so I hope, like I said, that you found that somewhat helpful. Um, by the way, if you're having any trouble accessing the show notes, because I know sometimes it's hard to find them depending on what player you like to use for listening to podcasts, back episodes and show notes, show notes, <laughs> show notes are all available at solelyrested.com slash podcast. And the details of this podcast are actually all there, nice and neat for you. I'll leave a link there. Have a great day, guys. 